Thank you for joining XR Own, which is India's first AR VR focus podcast. And today I'm delighted and honored to have with me Mr. Chaitanya Ravi, who's the founder of Centio VR, which is a collaborative SaaS platform for the architecture, engineering, and construction industry. So, Ravi, really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. Why don't we start with a small brief introduction? And what was it that got you interested in virtual reality? Absolutely, Eddie. Thank you so much for inviting me to the podcast. Really excited to be here. Um, well, I'm Chaitanya Ravi. I originally graduated from IIT Kharagpur in instrumentation engineering and of all places started my career in Santiago, Chile, working in the mining and finance industries as always associated with technology, but in different verticals. And I made a pivot to the world of startups, um, looking for different ideas where one of my side projects led to trying the early versions of VR headsets like the Oculus DK2. And it totally blew my mind because I thought it was a moment that sort of made me feel this is very, very transformative. And that that led me to search for ideas where this technology could solve real world problems. You, you started Centio VR, which is for the AAC industry. So maybe it would be nice if you could start with elaborating what is Centio VR and how are you leveraging VR over there to improve collaboration, communication amongst the AAC industry? Sure. So uh, I think what we learned uh, early in VR was that the technology was very exciting, but it needed to work uh, in tandem with the problems people really face to, to make meaningful outcomes. So it was a journey for us, Eddie, to reach you know the idea of Sentia VR and to make it so clear in terms of what we are trying to do. Um, I think our early insight was while we were trying to do it for the real estate industry, we learned from architects working behind the scenes that they had a real challenge in communicating their ideas, their designs to end clients, while architects are trained to sort of look at a floor plan and imagine how it might look. Uh, it's very hard for people who are not who do not have that training to, to understand how buildings might eventually look. And that creates a lot of errors, miscommunication, decision-making going wrong. So I think that insight is what led us to say, okay, we have, we have an understanding of uh, VR, and we have a problem here that is, you know, genuine, real, and and we can solve it. And that what that's what led us to build Centio VR. Right. So, so, so tell me. I mean, you know, these architects obviously, you know, they are not vested in virtual reality. You know, I mean, they they have these blueprints. They draw the sketches and maps, and their CAD files, three D files. Uh, you know, virtually reality. It's new technology. So, how is there some kind of a training or something that we provide to these architects? Right. So uh, we've been in this for almost five years. I think in the last three years is when we have really doubled down on AEC. I think before that, we were sort of figuring out what was our niche to be to start with. But to answer your question, of course, I think what you'll find in the world of architects in general in any industry is that there are early adopters who have that curiosity to go beyond, uh, you know, and look for solutions that are innovative. So we found our set of early adopters too, people who were, you know, figuring out, uh, VR headset setting things up while they were also doing architecture stuff and those were the ones who, who sort of uh, working closely with them we realized that there was a lot of education to be done so our early initiative was not just building the product we wrote a lot of content uh, and, and created a lot of education articles on how their existing workflows could be moved to VR and I think that's what sort of triggered the engine of curiosity and more people coming in and of course, now we are today at a point, I think we have gone beyond early adopters or architecture firms in general have a good sense of what it is. There's still a long way to go, but I think that early education and like sort of solving that friction points rather than just talking about virtual reality was the key to get get initial traction going. I had like a sim similar kind of journey. So I got, I mean, uh, vested in virtual reality in early 2016 and... Uh, 
mine was more in in, in the space of uh, creating content you know we built out our own 2016 uh, uh, camera rig and we created a lot of content and we did a couple of you know walk throughs for these real estates and industries you know where you could you put the user in into the the space itself so over the years obviously i mean you know vr itself you know from live action to you know graphics to augmented reality mixed reality now a lot of these tech stacks are being used in the ac industry could you elaborate on how is sentio vr i mean being leveraged i mean you know maybe if it'll, it'll be nice if you could give some kind of uh, you know examples on how it's helping the ac industry absolutely so i think to start with today sentio vr is is a global saas product we have customers in more than 40 countries some of the world's leading architecture engineering cons- construction firms are using our product so for, what what i think is important to understand in aec is that it's a large industry it's a lot of different types of users trying to do different things so i think what we have done is narrowed down on the most critical pain points and try to solve that using you know uh, new technology for example architects don't just do designing they have a lot of communication to do internally they have to uh, agree upon design decisions then externally with clients other stakeholders so the first problem that we have helped them solve is while you're working on your 3d software which has these you know old, old traditional tools built in 90s early 2000s um, we'll integrate with them through plugins pull out your model to the cloud in one click and you can put on a quest headset six digit code and the model is in the cloud and in vr within minutes so that's our key offering to architects so that helps them you know just come to the immersive presentation uh, workflow within minutes without having to figure out that entire technology uh, stack the other use case is once projects move beyond the architecture stage engineers are trying to build detailed designs of the mechanical electrical plumbing architectural trying to bring everything together and that's another phase of the project where a lot of coordination is being done in vr so that before you go to construction you have a pretty well Uh, thought out and detailed design uh, with every stakeholder has had their opinion so that you're not finding surprises in construction so those are the two use cases where sentio is helping by bringing the models to the cloud and enabling collaboration on wireless headsets remotely and finding issues lovely uh, uh, ravi you, do you think you'll be able to share like a maybe like a specific success story where sentio uh, vr has helped uh, your client i mean clients absolutely i think i think very early days eddie you know we had a project here in chile where the the lead architect was trying to convince the directors about the the possibility of building a mall and he had this large sort of floor plans on the table and and the directors were trying to get their heads around as to what that mall would look like and this and, and the meeting didn't really go well the second meeting is where he took uh, you know a vr headset and put them inside like the key ideas uh, that he had and the, and the and the project got approved that's the power of vr you know people people just got it like what he was trying to say and he got the approval similarly one of our leading customers you know is a norway based architectural firm they're doing a public um, service project they had, they had the idea of you know building um a, a, a large project in 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 oslo where again the politicians had to understand why that project made sense and, and what they did is again take them to the site which had nothing nothing was built there and instead of showing the plot plans they just put on the quest put them inside the idea 
and they got completely blown away and, and the project just moved very fast and they got to approvals really quickly. So I think you can see sort of real examples where people who do not understand floor plans simply sort of get excited by, by it. And when they look at the design intent and, 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 and things move faster. What kind of, uh, you know, cost savings happens, you know, if you leverage set I think there are, there are sort of uh, different ways to measure it. I think one way to measure it would be, uh, are you cutting down that design review cycle? Like for example, uh, instead of having, let's say, uh, eight to 10 weeks of meetings to figure out if this design is going to be approved. Can you cut it down to like two meetings um, and, and bring down that, bring down that productivity benefits to up to 50%, 60% in time saving. Right. So that, that's, that's one way to measure. And again, you can go further down and say, Hey, I, I did this meeting in VR and we were able to agree upon um, that design decisions that we had to make in one hour because the client didn't have to imagine uh, how the house would look. So therefore, you know, we, we, we cut down like back and forth. Uh, different clients have different ways of measuring. Some people want like save travel time. So they just send a quest to the client in a different city, have a collaborative meeting and just cut down like travel, travel required and back and forth required. So I think that's one way of measuring. Other way, very interestingly, is the emotional uh, benefits of using VR. You know, clients earlier used didn't have that emotional connection with the project before it started getting built because they had nothing to sort of understand and imagine it. Now they get actually emotionally attached to the designs. They, they share feedback. Um, they get happy about like, okay, this this is, they, they get proactive about the design process and architects need that because that that's what helps improve the projects. I think those are the two ways in which you could measure benefits of using Sentia VR. Right. So you, you this app, works not just in the design process but also in 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 the communication process are there any upcoming features that are in is currently in development that you planning to put on centivier while you know a large majority of our customers are architects we have realized that you know this problem is not just uh, uh, situated in the design phase you know building a a pro building a uh, project is is a lot of different phases that need to happen so what we are doing now is moving you know deeper into the pre-construction phase the construction phase and seeing what what are the needs of let's say the engineers who are working on detailed designs how can we help those which is different from like showing it to clients they're trying to work internally and trying to make like detailed uh, designs before construction begins so i think the features that we are working now on are what softwares are they using uh, the civil engineers um, and trying to sort of get their needs addressed in VR. And I think the end goal of Sentio is, is to be the end-to-end, -end, you know, immersive collaboration platform right from the early design phase to like pre-construction. And once construction is complete, where, you know, people have to take care of that building and they also need uh, access to information, geometry, materials. So I think our goal is to sort of gradually solve the end-to-end pipeline but today we are focused on pre-construction that's 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 where the next set of features are getting built uh, right uh, what's the price point and why we are i mean why only we are you know i mean are you planning to also leverage one thing for the easy one thing for the easy in the pipeline absolutely i think i think i think more than sort of leading from technology what we have learned is we have to lead from the user's needs um, so, you know, we are not, we are not, uh, focused only on VR or only on AR. We have a lot of sort of, uh, cross platform share, uh, features. So, you know, people can also share 
designs without a headset. So I think the, the goal here is to make sure you understand really well what problem you're trying to solve and then work backwards towards the technology that solves it really well. Um, so when it comes to mixed reality, I think now we are seeing with the Quest Pro, uh, the possibility of doing uh, on the same headset, both VR and AR use cases. So we're exploring some of that, for example, the ability to to just superpose your sort of models on your real context and have a have a collaborative experience around that. But I think these are still early days with when it comes to uh, you know AR in that in, in that sense because uh, there are there are a couple of challenges also related to the construction sites you know having certain safety requirements and you, you just cannot sort of take uh, the AR use cases seem to be more oriented towards the actual site where you want to have context around where it's going to get built. I think those are the challenges that today. So Sort of stop adoption, but it's this is constant iteration and and working out. So we we are sort of figuring out uh, when and where those use cases can be unlocked using mixed reality. Right. Well, what's the pricing plan? So we we probably the only sort of uh, product in this space that took a different approach rather than going after you know the hundred top enterprises. We we just put out a free product out there and 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 started at like thousand dollars a year for for our for our uh, smallest plan. Uh, so most of our customers start off with thousand, two thousand dollar a year investments per year, uh, and that's that's probably eighty dollars a month. Uh, and 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 from there, uh, the plan sort of take uh, can go up if you want to sort of use use a lot more. For example, enterprises might have certain sort of specific needs, but I think what we've done is sort of given access to to world class software that solves these needs at at a very very sort of affordable. Uh, price point uh, and hence you know we've got the adoption that we've got right really cool yeah wish, wish you the very best so you know i mean right now there's like a convergence of technologies which is happening you know there's generative ai at this point in time you know is doing so many fabulous things and you know, the text to search text to video text to image and so on and so forth so in addition to virtual reality are there any other emerging technologies that you see having a significant impact uh on the ac industry they, they, I mean, as as you would probably see everywhere in all industries, AI is 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 certain certainly something that you know all of us need to keep an eye on and understand how, uh, like how can we use all this information that that's out there, especially in the AC. There's this huge amount of data available um, across the the life cycle of the project. So I think that's something that you know we are also exploring as to how can we leverage the data available to make uh, intelligent. Um, decisions, let's say, even inside VR or AR experiences, you could probably bring out sort of use use cases which are around AI. I think that's one thing to keep to keep in mind. Um, uh, and and I I would say that that would be the primary technology to keep keep an eye on. Apart from, of course, a lot of other stuff that that's going on. Acquiring a headset is is still a problem. So, what are the challenges that you, as a startup, has faced, you know, while uh, showcasing your solutions to the, these builders, and, and and maybe talk about the opportunities also. So it's interesting, right? When we started off, our initial hypothesis with my co-founder Amit was that you know, in two years, we will be able to build a large sort of business out of VR, and and this is two thousand seventeen. Uh, come 2019 and, and we realized this was going to be a long-term play, right? Uh, because the, the headsets were still, I think 19 was a turning point because when the Quest was launched at a $400 point with a wireless headset, good quality VR, that's when we started seeing real user traction build up. So I, I really consider 2019 as our year one. Um, and and I would say that that headset challenge is something that year by year is getting 
sort of lesser of a problem. So now we have a user base to sell our product to. You know, we do not we do not sort of take care of headset procurement for our clients. We just build software, and we've been able to build a business where there are enough number of uh, you know users out there looking for what we're trying to build with headsets. Um, so I think that that's only going to improve with time with more headsets in the market. Um, price points have dropped down where businesses don't have to think twice for buying a $300, $400 headset. Um, so that that is certainly, you know, something that that's out of our control. But I see that improving every year. Just just probably the mindset here is that don't expect very short term, huge, uh, you know, advancements like hype cycles need to be avoided. It's a long term play, you know, like technologies take time to mature. And the second challenge I think is a lot of people in the AEC industry are not very young uh, in terms of you know their adoption to technology, right? So th there is a friction point in people are busy, architects are busy, engineers are busy. There's a lot at stake in what they're doing. Um, and therefore it needs to be very, very simple, you know, for them to get something uh, to use. And I think that's that's the other challenge that you would face. You know, people are not used to controllers. People are not used to like learning new technology very quickly. So how do you make it very simple apart from the challenges in hardware? the user experience so that, you know, people don't fall off when they're trying to try, uh, like, uh, figure out new stuff. So those are the two things I would say that need to be kept in mind when related to adoption. A a any advice to budding startups who want to set up something in the AEC space leveraging AR, VR? Um, I think one advice would be avoid hype uh, and try to be very real about why you are trying to solve this. Because my understanding is that when you when you try to build any business, especially in, in new technologies, uh, things take time. And, and if you are not patient and if, if your motives are not long-term, you might have a really hard time uh, seeing difficult outcomes in, in the short term. So, you know, just, just think a little bit about like why you're doing this. Is it long-term? Is it is it a real problem you are genuinely interested in solving? Because that's going to keep you going while the hype cycle sort of go up and down and and and. People might have their own opinions, but you'll have very strong reasons to keep going. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, there, there are a lot of people who kind of jump into the scene, you know, seeing the hype bandwagon, but it's it's only the 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 really strong ones hang around because, you know, technology is like that. You know, there's so many technologies which is converging, you know, and it's it's if if you're passionate about the goal and 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 the service or the solution that you provide, the tech should be behind. You know, the the solution should be really up up there. Chile's XR ecosystem, how how's that? <laughs> 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 I, I think uh, early days it was very helpful for us to start the company in Chile. We got into Startup Chile, which is you know very well an accelerator now, uh, public public funded, and it helped us get uh, a sense of how uh, startups um, you know should be uh, should be uh, approached from early uh, early stage perspective. So I think I think Chile helped us at that point. Uh, Chile's XR space, I would say, is is Chile is a small market, like just in terms of market size. But it is a very interesting market to to test your early technologies. We use Chile as as our sort of testing ground. We have uh, very very you know customers that we could sort of work very closely with, learn a lot, iterate quickly. Uh, Santiago is probably where most of the customers are. So you know it, it helped us in that sense that you know we could we didn't have to uh, you know let's say travel long distances to just have one meeting you could have two meetings three meetings in a day and people are genuinely interested in technology here so i think in that sense it helped us but i wouldn't say xr is where you know chile is 
is leading in any in any sense i think i think you can see most of the traction coming from us europe uh, that's where i would say most of our early adopters are today and what are your views on the metaverse uh, i think this is something that will take shape in the next 5 to 10 years i have a long term view on this uh, where you know whether it's the headsets whether it's the uh, bandwidth the, the, the internet uh, speech whether it's the 3d creation and um, Uh, the experiences, the real-time experiences. I think all of them will come together for us to sort of go beyond what we are doing here on Zoom uh, to a more sort of real-time uh, uh, collaborative experiences. And and I think then the the words will have more meaning. But today, because that doesn't really exist, people have a hard time figuring out what this exactly means. right yeah so it's it's an exciting space i get excited by the word itself you know though obviously i mean there's always like an hype cycle you know we've given it different different names over the period of time you know for a, a specific uh, business uh, you know agenda but i think yes uh, like you rightfully uh, pointed out you know i mean we are the in, in the initial days and there are these platforms such as maybe your roblox or minecraft which is which is just laying the building blocks of what this future virtual world is going to be because my son who's 8 years old he's on the uh, he's on the the comp the full day and he's playing games and and i, I think more and more of the younger generation are being up becoming digital natives you know and and i think eventually we will be able to create a virtual world where all the businesses and your institutions could exist you know and yes maybe it will have the same fidelity of as a, a real world where maybe you know all of five senses could be a, you know part of that world it, it it's very right. very far off but yes i mean it, it, looks like you know we are going there and once we get over there maybe 15 years 10 20 years down the line i think the entire world will look completely uh, different you know and then we will jump from the 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 platform which uh, is a barrier a 2d platform and we'll get into the 3d world you know so so yeah absolutely I mean, yeah and and remember Eddie, like you know i i remember early days in at iit you know we didn't have these smartphones right we had those phones that that was just meant to just call people and i remember when when the smartphone started to happen it took time for everybody to jump on but like the apps app store was not ready the the phones were you know really slow they couldn't do a lot of stuff so people had their uh, apprehensions on on mobile as well being you know something that everybody will use it took 15 16 years since the launch of iphone for that that to happen and it's still happening so i think i think that that long term view is going to help but the other thing is you know it just need, doesn't need to happen for the sake of it i think people used phones because it solved real problems for them you know i could come and live in chile and have calls with my with my parents uh, taking away that feeling that i'm living outside india uh, so that was a connection that could be created using technology and i think that same reasons would would probably take people to use uh, the, the the metaverse platforms because they would feel connection they would feel collaboration in a way which is not possible today exactly exactly and and i'm glad you touched upon those points and i mean giving that that very really cool example i think once we have these virtual worlds you know you'll be able to bring the healthcare to your home or the education to the home what I mean by that is that instead of like uh, education itself is it's it's so you know 
it's it's so hierarchically divided you know it's it's only if you have you're uh, of a certain class of society you get that education you go in the interiors there's no education but you know with the help of these technologies such as 5g xr metaverse i think the education will reach into their house their home they won't have to step out all they'll need is maybe a device like a head wearable device which gives you the access to the world of education or healthcare which is maybe which everyone uh, uh, you know is, is the same that anyone and anyone around the world gets so yes i think uh, the democratization of this technology mm-hmm. is bound to happen with uh, uh with with with, with the, the, these technology uh, uh, uh any pitch to the ac industry that uh, you you have about send you vr absolutely i think i think the ac industry uh, there are a couple of things one is you know uh, like people have an impression about technologies based on what they have tried let's say 5 years ago 4 years ago i think i think the ac industry needs to have a very open mind that this is work in progress and therefore have the the willingness to sort of try things out uh, every time there is sort of improve, uh, an iteration improvement on that i think that's one thing for the ac industry the second thing is you know innovation brings uh, uh you know like benefits and 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 i would definitely argue that uh, companies architecture firms engineering firms construction firms that adopt this early will be the winners over the long term so you know it's not a question of whether i should try it or not i think it's a question of like if i don't do it i might stay behind uh, you know in the long run because others will sort of become more innovative and differentiate so i think those are the two sort of things that i would keep in mind if i was an architecture engineering construction firm owner right 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 super uh ravi really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast i think the entire world is going to get completely impacted with these tech stack but how do you use it you know where it's human first rather than just you know creating technologies for the technology sake you know i mean we need to find that way that we create tech technology where, where we touch human lives and create solutions that helps a- a- everyone uh where do you see sentio vr in the next 10 years a- and maybe paint a picture of what the ac industry is going to look like in the next 10 years so i i imagine a world where you know whenever there is a project that that's that's taking shape like something that needs to be built in the real world i i imagine uh, a lot of that happening in that's a lot of that is already happening in 3d but on flat screens i imagine all of that to move to immersive worlds i do not see a world where you know in 2030 an architect can come with you know a flat uh, sketch of like this is what i want to build I, so i i certainly see the shift gradually happening from uh, we're building something Uh, on on flat screens flat softwares to like we're building something like let's let's succeed how it looks in real uh, human scale uh, so that shift is what i'm looking forward to what that probably translates into is every uh, you know professional in the world of building something is eventually going to have in his you know or her toolkit uh, a headset that just becomes part of their daily Uh, decision making and workflow process and i i hope sentio vr becomes one of the sort of key platforms that brings about this change uh, through you know what, what we are building lovely lovely really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast wish you and your team the very best and i hope that sentio vr plays a role in, in the future of the ac industry uh, and, and to my listeners if you like what you see in here then please press the subscribe button until next time see you guys bye bye thank you thank you really really, really thank you so much eddie have a good time bye bye